welcome to Marvelous Pod, where we'll be discussing Marvel's second ever special presentation, the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Today, like the Guardians, we are flying without our designated adult. The Guardians are currently missing Gamora, and we are currently missing Matthew. For this one, it's just going to be me and my favourite co-host, Abby. Hi, Abby. Hi. And our other equally favourite co-host, Matthew, is sadly a little under the weather and has left us unsupervised. <laughs> Cute, all kinds of craziness, rather in keeping with our Guardian buddies. We have, however, discussed how we think uh, Matthew might react to this special. Uh, so we've not spoken to him, but we think it goes something along the lines of... <sighs> <laughs> so we hope we got that right, Matthew. So, Abby, did you get around to watching this one? Did you bother? I know you weren't too excited about it or counting down the days or anything. No, no, just there, me there, at three seconds past eight, just waiting for it to... Go live on Disney Plus with my full German breakfast because, you know, what is a Disney special without a full German breakfast? Um, so run us through the German breakfast. Well, well, I, sh- I should point out I'm in a, a very um, German breakfast friendly stage of my bodybuilding time. So the German breakfast is a large rye roll cut in half with some mm-hmm. labneh, uh and some what? Labne. It's like a Turkish uh, sort of yogurty spread savory sort Ooh. of yogurt texture it's lovely uh-huh. love it very good um and some raspberries and some leodama uh that's just the first part and then there's a cheese mm-hmm. pretzel um and then there is um the german bakery calls it a filled heart it's basically like two biscuits with some nutella in the middle i know i know so wow. <laughs> and and when will be next we when will we next be experiencing a german breakfast uh tomorrow when i watch episode 10 of andor Fantastic. Then mm. I would like a photo, please. I will send you a photo. So that we can lovely. share this in the show notes. Excellent. I will provide this. Yes. And I need you to hurry up and finish Andor so we can <laughs> talk about it. Uh, that is the plan for the rest of this week. May even have a third German breakfast this week on Friday just to keep it. Go- I know. It goes so well with the television, but it went particularly well with, I think, this episode of Guardians, which was full of um, sweetness and marvellous treats and excellent things. Well done bringing us back. So, yeah, what, did, what did you think? I genuinely loved it. I mean, I, I feel that it's... I don't, I don't know. I don't know how people listen to me or not in, in the scheme of Marvel things, but um, The Guardian's my favourite part of the Marvel mm-hmm. Cinematic Universe by so far. So, so far. And I think James Gunn is a genius, and I, I do not say this very lightly, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is high in my top ten films of all time. Um, I rewatched it today, uh, along with Guardians One, just mm. because I wanted to make sure I was prepared for this podcast. So I am prepared, <laughs> and I can unequivocally tell you that I loved this Christmas special. Mm. It is small. It is quite a few things, most of which I'm sure we will talk about. But mm. it did sit in the place with the characters that I love, and it did them justice. I thought. How about you, Laura? How oh, did you find I'm it? So, well, I'm just relieved <laughs> because knowing how much you were looking forward to this, it would have been devastating if you'd been disappointed. <laughs> I will say I'm, I'm glad I love James Gunn as much as I do because I think I would have been much more nervous than I was at some points mm. on the way in. Oh, right. We will delve into yeah, that. Yeah, we will. Um, I didn't hate it. Good, good. Right, good. <laughs> <laughs> Nor did I love it, though. <laughs> it was Kevin Bacon's longest ever EE advert. <laughs> I did pause it to check if the phone was on EE, but it wasn't. <laughs> it was on Verizon. And I thought, do you advertise for Do we know? No, I, I Googled to see whether he advertised some kind of mobile in the States as mm. well. But no. So just for our overseas listeners, uh, Kevin has been the face of one of the UK's largest mobile phone networks for over a decade. Oh, has um, it been that in, long? Yeah. Wow. I looked it up. So I was like, Crikey. oh God. And in his many TV adverts, he plays a version of himself. So that's why this felt like quite a, a neat comparison for me. And in one scene, I actually did think, are you going to reference it? But they start talking about how amazing Nowhere's mobile reception it's is. It's literally a line from thought, one of the adverts. That's why I paused like, it. Where are we going? Yeah. Where are we going here? But they didn't quite. But I would be interested that now turns up in a in an EE Christmas advert or something. But okay, so aside from all of that, uh, it's a fluffy, disposable Christmas confection. I did prefer it on the second watch. 
but I'm afraid I am feeling a bit scroogey. Um, I didn't particularly find it funny or charming. Drax and Mantis are not my favourite of the Guardians. I am really missing Gamora at this stage. And I already was from the uh, the Thor Love and Thunder appearance. Um, I did love Happy Beefy Groot, who appears to have developed a bit of a steroids addiction <laughs> or fertiliser addiction, maybe. It's all like hanging out with um, Thor. It's given yeah, him new goals. sort of. That was definitely, uh, it's interesting because he's definitely a different shape yeah. to his predecessor because yeah. this is meant to be a different group, isn't it? Um, but I was thinking about it. Being a bit rubbish is rather fitting for a holiday special. Yeah. So think Star Wars and, and I'm sure Gun was. Um, but for me, this kind of, to me, it felt like no plot, just vibes. And I love my plot. I love my <laughs> And I love, you know, the connections and everything. So it was a bit of a challenge for me. And also it felt it didn't have the bites or the edge that I really enjoy from the, the comedy of the Guardians films. Having said all of that, I am delighted it, it exists. So many people have enjoyed it. And for me, the more types of Marvel, the merrier. Nice. I, I, I will yeah. now cede the floor <laughs> to the expert. But, well, I, I like that you say the more types of Marvel, the merrier. Like, what... what... Mm. For you, what kind of gaps does this fill in the MCU and this kind of approach? Um, it fills a perfectly Abbey Shaw size <laughs> gap. So that makes me happy. Um, I think it is... That's a really good question. I don't, Other than you, I don't know. But all of the reviewers I've read said that they really enjoyed it and found it say, hysterical. I find it's weird when I am kind of in accordance with reviewers um, I, know, I mean they all must be wrong clearly usually well usually but i don't know i i don't know if i don't know if i'm just being contrary now i i think the thing i like about it is that for me it's the guardians it is a film about these characters i mean i understand that you don't have to think about it quite that much it's a holiday special it's yeah. for whoever's around and it's on mm -hmm. and it's eye-catching and you'll laugh probably yeah. And there's some music and some of it, you know, and some of it you don't. And that's, mm. you know, it's that kind of holiday special. But I think if you want to put your heart into it, um, which I do, and I think I should also point out that I wept both times I watched it at the end. Oh, because, it. well, and, and I think this is this is the other thing, you know, a good Christmas special should do some kind of tugging at the heartstrings. And as I've mentioned on this podcast before, I am an only child and I have had many a year where I just wanted a sibling for Christmas. Aww. And I thought, I love Mantis. I absolutely. I think she is a wonderful character. She's a great character in the comics, all sorts of potential um, in where they could go with her. And what I really enjoyed about this special, I think was, her having a chance to kind of become more of a character to sort of see if she can tell Peter about this and if it will be okay. And I think it's, it's the things that James Gunn doesn't write out loud that I like the best. You know, the fact that because she is an empath, when she hugs him, she knows how he really feels. There's a whole lot of expression work at the end. I just, I found that whole scene just chokingly beautiful. And so, however it had kind of been on the way, I think it just landed so solidly on the end on something really meaningful that is a large part of these characters. Um, I felt like this whole special, if you want to put things in it, if you want to bring the plot to it, it is about the Guardians being without Gamora, and I, I also missed her. And I think that that space is deliberate in a, in a sense. I think that gap is supposed to be there because she is missing and all the characters have changed in notable ways. And I think that will be because of her absence. Talk, talk me through that then. So in what way do you think this would have played out differently if she was there? And also how do you think that it's affected the different characters not having her around? Oh, I don't know the extent to which the Guardians would have bought nowhere and wanted to kind of set up a base and be a unit in the same way, I think, if it hadn't been mm. for sort of the losses that they've been through and I think that sort of displacement of things that have happened in the MCU that I've probably forgotten about and <laughs> all of that you know there, there's some stuff has happened and the world's changed a bit and I think this idea that the remaining Guardians have kind of got this base now and wanted to 
be somewhere and kind of make something of it to do something. Um, I think that's part of it. I think Peter is, it, he's a very subdued Peter. He's mm. very different from the Peter of Guardians 2, who in himself was already very different from the Peter of Guardians 1. I think he's a character who's been knocked back and knocked back by the discoveries that he's made as well as the things that have happened. And I think having lost a Gamora that he hadn't really got around to having either mm. um, as a friend, as a part of the group, um, as somebody he could have a regular conversation with, uh, I think he's, he's because, you know, seeing him be quite functional and trying to do things, you mm. know, he's, he's a man who's got a to-do list. That's not a Peter that we've really known before. No. And I think that trying to keep busy thing you know there's there's a sort of grief process i think that that is sort of evident there in some of the other characters um nebula you know pitching in doing stuff being her best self i think um just really always i did notice all reviews mentioned nebula and i think that's just because every time karen gillan does any single expression as nebula any little dance the little dance i probably see mentioned more than any other part of this holiday special just because it's really, it's just really steam stealing. She's just really there. But mm. I always felt like with kind of Gamora there, there was always just like this huge backstory that was always present as well. Every every time kind of Nebula was in the scene before, it was kind of with her whole backstory, her father and her sister yeah. and the stuff. Not the baggage. Yeah. And it feels like she doesn't really have that baggage now. I don't know how I got that from... <laughs> The five. She wasn't on screen a lot. No, and I did bring that to it. But I was just happy to see her dance, I think, and make an effort and pitch in and be part of the team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She she wants to contribute. Um, I think Craglin as a character is lovely to see Sean Gunn getting to do all of the things he's capable of. I think he can probably mm. do more of the acting than I would say very nearly anybody else in, in Marvel things, but maybe you have to watch all of Gilmore Girls to, to see the many, many things that he can <laughs> do. Truly appreciate it. <laughs> truly appreciate the breadth and depth of, of Sean Gunn's work. <laughs> There's not been enough mime from Craglin, but give it time. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's a lot more talkative. You know, you see him kind of stepping up and trying to kind of insert like the human conversation into things i think you know he's sort of without yondu and compensating for being the person that peter's known the longest and therefore he feels some kind of attachment and responsibility and that's why he's explaining peter to people and that kind of thing um drax is recovering from all of the things that have happened to him and still only mm. carrying out minor vengeance with what is a roblox what is that do you know what that is that was a gobot a gobot What's Roblox? And no, I don't. I don't know what it is. Rob Roblox is Roblox is a computer game. Okay. Like Minecraft or something? Oh, I assumed it was. A... I think we might be blind leading blind. <laughs> I but think I, I saw believe that was a GoBot. Okay. I don't know what that is okay. beyond that, but clearly it's some reference that something Disney owns it. somewhere. Probably. I'm guessing they own it. Presumably. Yeah. Anyway, but you not know. A Marvel thing. <laughs> It was nice or to see not a Marvel thing before this. Well, no, that's right. Maybe, oh, maybe it's like a Marvel version of something else. Yeah. Maybe that. Maybe they end up being the big bad in Guardians of the Galaxy Three. Maybe it's like a celestial toy. Mm. I don't know. Could be anything. That GoBot comes back with, I'm guessing, other GoBots. Reeks <laughs> revenge for Drax's attack. Maybe that was an actual GoBot. I don't know. Do they? Maybe they do like a Voltron type thing where they all like become like join together and become one big robot i think voltron does that what's voltron I mean, now find out yeah, i only vaguely know what voltron is i don't know what so voltron is <laughs> well i believe i think voltron is sort of like a big robot made up of little robots so they all like come together is this in the mcu like, like was that in civil war no, no. <laughs> i didn't notice it if it was okay and so Actually, I think there may, there has there might have been mention of Voltron somewhere. I bet Matthew knows what GoBots are. Yeah, Matthew. <laughs> Matthew, where are you? It's what happens. It's what um, happens. That's that's my understanding of Voltron. Now, if Voltron is something to do with GoBots, I have no idea because I've never heard of GoBots before. Okay. This appearance. Well, whatever they are, they weren't very yes. nice to Drax's family, and thereby, yeah, that happened. But generally speaking, in terms of how Drax has changed, 
he's happier and that's nice. And, and you know, generally finding all sorts of things funny, as, as he always has done. But I just, I, I enjoyed him kind of being in caper mode. I thought that was fun. I I loved I loved that. I'm here for that. Um, who else we got? Rocket. I feel like Rocket's going to take a, a much more centre stage thing in in Guardians Three. So mm. it was just I think he was quite far back in this, but still there. Yeah. And I think obviously he had the glorious moment of um, being the lucky recipient of Bucky's arm. What did Nebula do to Bucky? Well, that's because <laughs> that looked like his like newest arm as well. Is that the, the is that made of vibranium? That one. Yeah. I oh, see, I can remember things. Oh, so I was <laughs> I was quite proud of that. <laughs> I might be wrong, but it looked. I think from the colours and that, it looks like his new one. Mm. So it reminded me of of the joke in Guardians Two, where Groot brings back someone's eye, and Rocket thinks it's the best thing in the world because he's going to wake yeah. up and he won't have an eye. Oh, what could be funnier? <laughs> just, <laughs> I just I loved I love the way they do Rocket and the love. It's like it's Bucky's arm, mm. just the joy and love. Um. Well, because in uh, I want to say Infinity War when they meet, is it Infinity War? I'm not the person to ask, Matthew. I think it's yeah, Matthew. I think it's <laughs> cut him in. Yeah, snotty, snotty, <laughs> snotty voice comes in. Just, um, so I think I think it's uh, Infinity War. When they first meet and um, Rocket wants to buy Bucky's arm. Mm. So I assume that's what we're calling back So to. why buy it when Nebula can get you anything you want? Exactly. What did Nebula do? I really hope we get a little short. that, Or like it would just be the beginning of Guardians 3 is Bucky waking up. No, it's going to be a post-credit, isn't it? Bucky's going to wake up. and. <laughs> well, I think he's meant to be in Thunderbolts. What's Thunderbolts? It's a film. Of... <laughs> Do you remember? Because you, you're it sounds like it's going to be my little pony friendship is magic, but <laughs> you, you you're okay with the spoilers, so to speak, on what's coming up. I am, but do we have to? Do yeah. we have to give a podcast warning? No, just okay. Matthew. Don't listen to this. Bit. Yeah, Matthew. Um, <laughs> uh, because so Thunderbolts is a film that's coming up, and it's you know the U.S. agent guy from uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the fake Captain America. Oh yeah. Who, yeah, Kurt so Russell's him. son. Yes, yes, uh, and potentially Yelena. Oh, yes, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, her. actually, no, definitely Yelena's in it. Yay. Thinking about it now. Anyway, so you know Val has been going around recruiting these people. Mm. It's the team that she. It's probably going to be the team that she puts together. Thunderbolts is a cool a name. It's better than Avengers. Yeah, well, it's named after Thunderbolt Ross, General the General Ross guy. Okay. They're going to have better yeah. merch, aren't they? That's a problem. Yeah. Right. Okay, so now I have to ask you if you know about some casting. So Thunderbolt Russ was played by William Hurt. Ah, yes. So you remember yes. him? Vaguely. But yeah, unfortunately, as the actors died, oh, they've recast. And um, do you know who has been recast as? <sighs> who has been recast as? I feel like I've seen this, but forgotten this. Tell me, tell me. Harrison Ford. <gasps> well. Mm, well. Which is going to be... Hysterical Gosh. being interviewed. Mm. Yeah, he's um, gonna love the Marvel yes. Junker. <laughs> yeah. Um anyway, so mm. why were we talking about that? <laughs> I just thought we were wondering about Bucky's arm. Yes, Bucky's arm. So but I think Bucky's meant to be in Thunderbolts. So that I mean, is Thunderbolts just the them trying time. to find Bucky's arm? That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Rocket's like you're never gonna guess where I put her. <laughs> I think just it's hunting be a through space dark looking for Bucky's arm. I think it's going to be a bit more kind of Suicide Squad adjacent. Mm. Um, I just to be entirely fair, I really don't think there's anything at all actually funny about stealing Bucky's arm. I think this is a terrible thing to do, mm-hmm. especially when he went all the way to Wakanda to get it. And you know, yeah. it's not a good thing that anyone has done. I think what I what I simply enjoy is that in the search to make Rocket happy, Nebula yeah. knew exactly what it would be that would and make this effort, yeah. evil little raccoon delighted yeah. <laughs> who i have far too much of a soft spot for oh, him him. he's an evil little raccoon do you know my my favorite thing about like how they make guardians is that it's bradley cooper and never stop going it's bradley cooper making these I, it, sounds it's not bradley cooper it's not i just can't accept that I, like i've seen him doing it there are clips and i think no, i just I want I watch them I, and i still what like, i want is like dubbed. 
I just want to like superimpose in a little box on the screen. <laughs> like every time there's rocket, I just want to see Bradley Cooper in a sound booth. I just and I then Vin just, Diesel whenever Groot starts talking. I can see that though. Like that's not a huge stretch <laughs> for me. That's fine. I get I get that. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. But um but now I just I find it so compelling all the time that it's him doing that voice and that performance. And it's such a good performance, mm. such a good voice performance. So yeah, no, I love this. But anyway, not a lot of not a lot of rocket in this one, but the rocket no. we had was I thought was very sweet and very delightful and like he's mm. such a expressive little soul i love i love him it's it's delightful I, th- I think my big thing is that it focused on the two that i'm not that bothered about mm, I, I think, think it yeah. focused on nebula and rocket i mean to be honest that would be quite a difficult christmas especially <laughs> if you're the sentimental sentimentality element so i understand why it's not them but i think if you focused on them and Groot and peter mm. i would i think i would have engaged a lot more so I think I think Mantis has this large emotional story. I really enjoyed them kind of coming to Earth and going through the streets of LA and dealing with lookalikes. I thought Steve was really funny. Uh, that did make me laugh a lot. <laughs> I have to say that was one of the things I put under my liked list <laughs> because she does she does play that kind of wide eyed innocence so mm. well. Um, I love that. And yeah, of course she would. Why wouldn't she react yeah. that way? <laughs> I I just I really enjoyed. All, all of that. And the bit where she's just like, mm, money. Um, all of the photos <laughs> they're making. And it's just, it's silly. It's silly montages and kind of repeated jokes and making faces in the photographs was funny each time. Kind of the second time I watched it, kind of there's more detail and things. Them going to the bar and getting drunk. Just, it's, it's only there for joy. It's just there for fun. They went to the bar. They drank a lot. They had fun. They did not achieve their objective but they had a good time in the bar and I, I enjoyed this. That was mm-hmm. that was worth watching for me. Uh, just, you know, Drax and Mantis having a good time. They've been through a lot of crap. They've had hard times. Yeah. They deserve to go out. And, uh, yeah, I think I enjoyed seeing that kind of holiday break. Um, mm. And I enjoyed seeing them kind of just interact with stuff the way that they kind of were with people around them and how people interact with them and... I suppose there's probably it probably says something about where Earth or at least LA is in the current state of the MCU, but I phew, couldn't tell you enough about the MCU to tell you. <laughs> yeah, though, when they were flying the ship over to start with, and mm. Drax had forgotten to put the cloaking on, people were reacting as if, oh my God, this is the first alien ship we've ever seen. Well, they were staring think, quite hard, like, who's it going to be like, they weren't like ah. the, one of the women you know, one of the women looked mm. really she was doing that kind of walking but looking behind you and i thought she looked quite scared um maybe there have been some thought, bad well, ships surely by this stage you're just kind of like oh it's another one i suppose there have been some yeah, bad true. things you, yeah true you don't know is it ebony more back from the well like in doctor strange there was that the... thing that was bad there was a bad thing doing something you know there was a monstery thing. It was bad. <laughs> it was. It, it wasn't very nice. I know it was. It was. People worry. Sure. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you're right. Um, uh, and crucially, they probably haven't seen that ship. I know, maybe everyone's so good at ships. They're like, oh, we don't know this one. No, to be honest, I've not seen that ship before. I think that's new. Oh, they cool. called it the Bowie. The Bowie, yeah. Sorry, that's, Bowie. Well, I don't, I don't think it is. I think... <laughs> But um, but yeah, that was that was nice to see. I like that we were very clear yeah. about this ship, um, which presumably they've stolen or built or something. Um, no, I think Dra- the thing about Drax and Mantis is that they have this kind of complicated, um, not very pleasant to each other relationship in Guardians Two, which is probably one of the, the sort of stickier points in uh, Drax learning how just not to be rude to people all the time. Mm. Um, and I think seeing that kind of move into a sort of warmer clearly more mature in terms of time having passed not the fact that these two are particularly grown up because i, I don't know no. nor should they be um but they they've simply spent a lot more time together and i think the depth of their sort of friendship has extended and i think i just i going back to guardians too i think i was quite pleased to see it. there's there's character development evident mm. in the two of them being together um i think particularly um Mantis's comfort with the group mm. because she was the last one in, so yeah. to speak. 
and she was very unsure and um and we've seen that then develop over time you know the fact that she yes in the end it was Drax's suggestion to go and kidnap Kevin Bacon <laughs> but you know she she took charge and and arranged it all and and, and, and she... arranging the stuff back at nowhere and that and yeah. yeah that's that's someone who is comfortable within the group yeah and I think she's you know by virtue of being Peter's sister really sees herself as having to kind of prove herself I think she is trying to do something worth what to her feels like this really large thing mm. um the thing I was going to say about LA was this is this the first appearance of Jesus in the MCU I was just going to ask <laughs> didn't think that's where we were going um <laughs> It's not something I've been tracking. <laughs> gods have been mentioned. Yeah, a few few god and gods. Uh, like Christian gods have been mentioned. But, yeah, probably depiction. Yeah. What was the... Just in the main... Was there someone there when they were taking the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, d- I just thought it was interesting, yeah, given that it was a, a Christmas holiday special, I did, I did wonder how they were going to manage this um you know yeah. which which christmas are you getting because that's i think that's the other thing when you have these you don't necessarily get a whole lot of american christmas specials anyway because you know so many shows used to be on break over christmas period so you mm-hmm. don't you know there are a lot of gaps um or there's kind of you know a wider selection of festival things being shown so i think sometimes the things mm-hmm. you get end up being yeah different Christmas stereotypes, I suppose, you know, mm. one particular family's thing or one particular community thing or, you know, some particular sort of nebulous jeopardy. Um, I think the other thing I particularly liked about this was that the jeopardy was just a totally different thing. You know, it's usually like, will we get home for Christmas? Like initially when we were watching it, I was like, oh, are they going to get like stranded and be away for Christmas? And Peter will like, I don't know, which Christmas are you doing? Which story will this yeah. be? Which is what we have with Hawkeye. Wasn't it that was yeah his, yeah before all the kingpin stuff came yes. into it? It was is it you know is he going to get home for Christmas? Exactly, and it was that, that kind of one mistakes. family mm. thing, and and you know that's that version of Christmas that sort of that story, and it wasn't even really about Christmas in the end. It just was decorated. No, yeah, um, the I was a bit concerned when we started off with the animated bit with Yondu. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it was animated, because I do wonder if that is also a callback to the Star Wars Christmas, uh, Star Wars holiday special, because that had animated bits in, and and I think the first time anyone ever saw Boba Fett was just in an animated bit of that. But my concern was we seemed to be about to go down a bit of a Scrooge route. Oh, and Christmas Carol, you know, where he was yeah, well, bar humbugging yes. without saying bar humbugging, <laughs> and I just thought. Oh, we do not need another adaptation of the sodding Christmas Carol. There's, I think the the new Ryan Reynolds Will Ferrell film. I think that's an adaptation. Saran so Jones is doing one. I mean, um, it's an evergreen tale, and I do love a lot of different yeah. versions. But I don't know if I need the MCU. There are one. other ones, but there are other stories that yeah. could be told, like kidnapping know, Kevin Bacon. Story, but I will say yes, it's it's absolutely. the first cozy human trafficking Christmas film I've seen. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I think for that, this is the thing with James Gunn. It's like, what's the least festive thing I can think of? Right, human trafficking. <laughs> How do we... <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and I think, and that's what I was saying about, you know, I'm glad I've got remarkable amounts of faith in James Gunn because mm. I was very concerned when you spend 20 minutes being very on board with kidnapping Kevin Bacon. The <laughs> just... <laughs> thing is, Kevin was on board with it in the end, wasn't he? So well, I think we probably we're very fortunate in that respect, and I do I do yes. think that it's that old magic of Christmas thing, and you're just like mm, absolutely well, mm, yes, um, sure. I thought I thought um, I was going to say Sean Bean. That's not right, is it? <laughs> no, Sean Gunn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who'd Sean Bean be in the MCU? No, no, he's not here to rein us back. So, um, I thought Sean Gunn did really well in that. Mm one-on-one yeah. scene with yeah. um with Kevin Bacon because he was saying it in a, you know, a very offhand manner mm. I didn't feel like he was saying it in order to manipulate um, no. Kevin Bacon to stay but 
it you know it really worked and you could see that being you know the magic of christmas moment yeah um just to going back to something you were saying and i feel a bit bad saying this because you said it so beautifully <laughs> the one you're talking about with mantis being peter's blood relative mm. I actually found that a bit of a weird focus area, given the Guardians has been so much about found family. And to then, to elevate, oh, but this is more important because we share genes. Um, I thought that that seemed a bit strange. I don't know if, if I felt like it was necessarily more important. I think it is simply, they haven't particularly had, I think, a connection, Peter and Mantis. Or okay. if they have, I don't think we've really seen it. I mm. also think that, um, I had forgotten how uh, standout Gamora's line in, in Guardians 2 is until rewatching it today where um, where Peter finds his dad and mm. um, and is getting angry with Gamora for not being more like, wow, your dad's so cool. And he's like, you know, I, I, found, I found my family. Why don't you want this for him? And she's like, I thought you already had. Mm. And I think... Absolutely. I think that the show does kind of carry that awareness inside it. And I, you know... I think it's 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 more about Mantis belonging. I don't know if she has that kind of same found family instinct. I think because she's already been in a construct of um, a family that wasn't particularly good either. No, I think and Guardians Two is all about kind of blood family, not really meaning very much, but it obviously means something to Mantis. So I suppose mm. I think Guardians is about all types of family, I would say. Yeah. And I think the fact that this is, you know, it reflects on all of it. You know, it's about Yondu as much as it, all of the Guardians things are a bit about Yondu mm. and Peter's relationship with him. And I think, you know, you have those scenes with the Guardian, you know, Groot's thoughtful dioramas. I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah, slightly waffly answered. So I think it is about all types of family and one is not better than the other. I think um, it is just about the connections between them all. And that is something, you know, Mantis has been keeping this a secret for a long time. Mm. Why? Because she knows that Peter didn't feel well towards his fa his father in the end because, yeah. you know, he was an evil planner. And, <laughs> and they had to kill him with himself. So, you know... Mm. It's been complicated. That's so I don't a lot know to get over. It is a lot to get over. Um, but I think that, you know, this is... Part of what I, I really think that encapsulates is it's something found in a space mm. where there's evidently been quite a lot of loss, you know. And mm. the fact that Mantis feels the need to kind of bring Christmas and Kevin Bacon because simply being his sister is not really a thing... But it is yeah. the answer to why did you do this for me? Yeah. Which is the question he asks her. So. Yeah. I have to say, I thought Chris Pratt really sold that towards the end. Mm. Uh, how touched he was. Well, his horror when he realised what was going on. <laughs> um, dealing with yeah. dealing with Mr. Bacon. Um, but he really sold the, and if I wasn't such a cold dead inside person yeah. who decided I wasn't very happy with this whole thing. Um, then, you know, if I, I've been engaged to her, I think I probably would have welled up when he, because he really did tell that, or how touched he was. And then when she told him, mm. you know, the whole, that's the best thing I could wish for for Christmas. Yeah. Oh, that's the best present. Um, yeah, I thought both of them really sold that. I think moment. also, and, and part of the thing in, in the comics is, you know, because Peter has lost his parents and whilst found mm. family is a wonderful thing it's also he's kind of literally found some family it's yeah. it's all sorts of all sorts of things in guardians it's, it's kind of what he went through in guardians 2 with mm. he found his father not having expected to yeah but i think it's quite clear that there's going to be a, a better turnout yeah, a better outcome with. I keep wanting to call her Pom for some reason. What? That's her name. <laughs> no, I know, I know. <laughs> but, and the others I don't call by the actor names. Um, but, but with Mantis, you know, that's 
he has that mm. that joy, but it's going to turn out in a different way from the bad experience he had. Mm. And I'm glad they didn't put any kind of, I, mean, I think it wouldn't have worked for a Christmas special anyway, but I'm glad we didn't say do this in the film, in the mm. third film, and Tim have a, a bad reaction to it that then they need to get past mm. or, you know, there's potentially something that could it's just in there, nice. I'm glad it's we just, just yeah, went straight to it. And, and I feel yeah. like this is just kind of a lot of extra bits of stuff. It'd be interesting to see what it has lined up, if anything, like what it has been clarifying or, you know, I think things like mm. consolidating slightly older Groot. It's just doing a little bit of legwork to get you to Guardians 3 and it won't be anything that you couldn't miss, I assume. But I also do think that there'll be some context for, you know, just kind of how these relationships have developed. And I think this is, again, it's, it's the thing that I really like in the work of James Gunn. It's why I enjoy Peacemaker. It's why I like the things that he does. Is He's good at characters changing and growing. Like, they aren't just kind of static in their ways. They have traits and they have personalities and things. Mm. But they do grow based on the things that happen around them. Mm. So I, I feel like, they all remember the films that they've been in, if you if you know what I mean. Like sometimes I just wonder if Steve. I mean, I suppose he's a different context because he's been around a while or something. But I feel like Steve doesn't necessarily remember the films either. <laughs> sometimes Steve Rogers. Yes. Just because you don't. Well, sometimes I feel like you know, there's not really so much growth and change in some of the other people yeah. in the MCU. Like they weren't necessarily their own the main character in their own film sometimes mm. um or you know especially as well because they they get sort of different writers in things or different kind of yeah bits of stuff but anyway all the guardians have been there for all the things that have happened to them and you know it matters i really like your take that the reason or one of the reasons for the guardians purchasing nowhere and actually putting down some kind of roots is in reaction to the loss of Gamora. Because that was something I had a real question mark. So I just thought, I just don't, this seems very out of character. You know, this idea that you're actually going to stay in one place and also work towards building something there. Um, but yeah, so I really like your take that, that it's, it is in reaction to, you know, needing something a bit more solid, having lost her. Well, I think I think it's the loss of Gamora, the loss of Yondu, the, mm. um, the whole Thanos Everything, um, I think, you know, which obviously for Nebula, also struggling from the loss of Gamora. Yeah. You know, there's, it's really a lot. It's all been quite a lot. And I, yeah, I just get the impression that they want to kind of build something and move on in well, a way. of them blipped? I am not the person to ask. <laughs> yeah, they were, because at the end of Infinity War, it's just the original Avengers, wasn't it? So it's not also that someone's been sat there on their own for five years. Mm. Okay. Certainly this in quite mm. a unit. Also, we haven't yet mentioned Cosmo, the dog, mm-hmm. which um, I, was, I was delighted to have Cosmo. Um, gender swapped, new voice. Oh, uh, really? Yep. And uh, Maria Bakalova. Yes. Yeah. Um because the voice, the voice of, of Cosmo, the voice of Cosmo, it's not like a whole lot of voice um, in the first film, is, um, I can't remember his name, but he's the guy who is the voice of Tidus in Final Fantasy X. I just, I don't know if anyone had to work their way through Final Fantasy X, but you couldn't skip the dialogue. And let's just say I wasn't the biggest fan of his voice. No, I just, <laughs> when I discovered that it was, <laughs> that it was him, this was a great surprise to me. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad it's not now. And um, mm. Although I did feel she had two different accents. Um, between the film and the post-credit today. Oh, really? Yes. Well, that's interesting. Yes. I feel like I need to check that, but both times I watched it, I was like, is that a different accent here? Um, so. so she's a character in Guardians of the Galaxy 3? I would assume so, yes. Cause yeah, she, she is. It was mentioned, um, I think James Gunn mentioned in an interview. Excellent. Good. And so, I think the dog is called Slate. The dog actor. Oh. I checked this earlier, which is Slate. Oh, wow. What a good name for a dog, right? I not encountered. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Although it's a brown dog. Why would you call a brown dog Slate? Maybe it wasn't brown when it was born. I don't know. I was, I, I'm, it's not my dog, but I would kind of wish it was. Lovely dog. It's really <laughs> <All> nice. <right. laughs> 
I, I call all dogs that now. It's a good name. What did you think of the music? Yes. I thought, yes. I, I feel like, again, with with James Gunn, he's in charge of music and um, mm-hmm. and I will simply accept what I'm given. I enjoyed <laughs> the... I really like it when he gets bits of songs and I feel like they were sort of instrumental in the creation of the story. So I felt the kind of bits from Fairy Tale of New York that were in there, which, you know, the song I have big festive associations with in all sorts of complex ways over the years, many years. I have a lot of associations with that song. And I just, I really enjoyed the bits that were in it. And I felt like particularly at the end, there was something really quite lovely about the the bit that it was um, mm. with with Peter and Yondu at the end. Really like that. Uh, Love the new song. That is a great new Christmas song. It's not easy to write a Christmas song. That was a good one. Yeah, I didn't really like it the first time. And then on my second watch, I was like, oh. I thought some of the lyrics, you know, the whole <laughs> Mrs. Claus working the pole. Like, oh God. <laughs> such a perfect misunderstanding of how those two items yeah. work together. Um, but the second one, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. And then could not stop singing the sodding um, chorus. It's a pop. It's a good solid Christmas a pop. And again, Which I'm pleased it... about. Yes. Yeah. One of the things I wanted coming out of this, because I thought, oh, he's going to have some fantastic music, is I wanted some new Christmas songs because, you know, you have the mm. same ones over and over again. And other than that, I either knew them or was not bothered by them. And the one that Kevin Bacon sings. I, that was weird. I'm not sure about that. I did They're not just, love that. Luckily, there was Groot's diorama. So I, I just. Yes, uh, yes. You could be distracted. You Do you know, distracted. it it didn't interfere with the scene, it, it let the scene come forth. Yeah. let's say yeah. it was it was fine for background so, so yeah so i'm really pleased that that one has now lodged itself in my brain i had the smashing pumpkins um, christmas song and i just i'm assuming I, I feel like i know i feel like it's an old smashing pumpkins christmas song that i've heard before and gone what that's and had feelings about in the past but at the same time i yeah. haven't checked it could be new it could be it, it, you know there's the thing with smashing mm. pumpkins it could be anything um <laughs> but just the oddness was was welcome, I think. Uh, yeah, I think the fact that I didn't look up any of the ones that I didn't recognise to mm. say, oh, who's that? I just was not interested in hearing them again, unfortunately. I can imagine putting the album on. I I think it's the kind of, you know, you know when you just put a Christmas album on, I think yeah. I'd probably get it for my wife for Christmas in some way if there's a real one or make one. Oh, I'm sure they will. Mm. I hope so. Uh, oh, no, 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 I'm pretty sure they have because I shazammed... I know they've released it digitally the as, as a time soundtrack. Yeah. 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 It's a digital album, but I don't know if it's real. If it's a real one, I'll get it. Because, you know, yeah. everyone should have a box of Christmas albums that you bring out once a year. And there's only so long you can go on Morton Harkett's solo album. Which... <laughs> God. <laughs> I have Laura's Christmas playlist, and so this is why I was looking for I new see. entries to Laura's Christmas playlist. Well, I, um, I do, so I do I think, think that first one, I reckon yeah, I that could the, be a candidate. The, the new one. Hmm. Um, and, and speaking yeah. of Chris Pratt's face again, I just think his reaction and commentary. I just I found the second time as well. I just found it really funny. It's like that's not part of the law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like no, just really enjoyed someone describing Christmas back at you. Just it was singularly enjoyable time, and I think that's you know it, it can't be an easy thing to be like we're going to have a Christmas song and it's going to be in here and it's going to work. It's just the whole thing is just going to work, and I felt like it yeah. really just. That really landed well, um, which, and I was glad it was at the beginning as well. Like I think the beginning was designed to give you confidence, which it, it did me, so that when we go to kidnap Kevin Bacon for a while, um, and possibly kill some people, you know, because no one's told Drax you shouldn't do that on Earth. Even though it's fine to do that on all the other planets in Marvel, mm-hmm. you shouldn't do that on Earth. Um, that was all. You know, you could just kind of go through with it. Um, I think Drax being so enamoured by the little man, that was another yeah. favourite point for me as well. Just, I like I like Drax to be happy. I love that he got his little man. That thing about, does the candy cane look like a man? I laughed so much. I don't even know why I laughed so much. It was really funny. It was really, really, so exactly the kind of conversation that that you would write to be funny. And it works for me. 
I think it's just I'm very pleased mm. to vote. I think the other thing that I really like, and I was also again watching earlier Guardians, I really like that the women of Guardians get to do the big laughs and the big shouts and it's just kind of real full existence. You know, I don't know if Black Widow was ever allowed to laugh that, like with her whole self even once, but it's like mm. a full part of Mance's character. It's just kind of like a big, loud feeling. Um, mm. I was also thinking this watching like um, Nebula and Gamora fighting and it's like, it's not pretty fighting. It's not fun fighting. It's like, oh, no, it's, they are it's really, ugh. Like the, yeah. it's not, it's not fun. It's, but it's also fun. I like with that, that they, you know, in the first one, they had Gamora fighting Peter. Mm, yeah. So it wasn't that thing, which Marvel hasn't done for a very long time, thankfully, or well, for a long time, is just put, oh, well, we have to have another woman for the woman to fight. No, well, no. But I think also yeah. because they're sort of sisters and there's a certain level of um, murderousness that seems to come no, out in sibling sorry. fights no. as well. No, what I was saying yeah. is that the fact that we've already had her mm. fighting Peter yeah. and probably other people. Uh, and, you know, the massive it, so it beast wasn't thing. It was just, a, oh, we've got, to, we've got to bring in a woman for her to fight. Like when she has the massive gun and she's just like, ah! Yes. <laughs> like, I, just, I love that everyone is allowed to kind of make a big human sound. Sort of both kind big. of Yeah. And and I like that there was just so much of Mantis laughing. It just, it just mm. makes me really happy. I was so glad she got to be so happy. I was glad that Peter got to do his wide-eyed childlike delight, which, mm. again, we've seen a well. few times. And... And there is that real keenness to play on that childlike mm. delight, I think, in, in the story. And I think there's a lot of really interesting conversations to have around that and around Star Wars character and all of that. But wait, it's OK. I won't do that now. But I will say it was just nice to have it in the Christmas context, like just this really pure moment that was a long moment. Like there were more lights and more lights. And again, I think it's a thing James Gunn is really good at. We've established a thing. It's cool. Now we're going to do it again, but bigger. And a third time, it's massive. Mm -hmm. It's every light. It's more than they had on that spaceship somehow. <laughs> it's all the Christmas lights in the galaxy are here for Peter. Oh, isn't that nice? Oh, shit, there's Kevin Bacon in the box. <laughs> um, Talking of more. Yes. Chonky Groot and Reina, reindeer. Chonky Groot and reindeer antlers. Yes. Is my favourite thing by far. And the fact that he just appears in the background dancing along to the song. And he's so happy. He's so, so happy. happy. Just really pure joy. I didn't notice um, the reindeer antlers until the second time. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him in the next film because I've always liked the different iterations of Groot. Um, but you know, baby Groot was because it was cute, and and teenage Groot was you know it was quite funny with some of the jokes around having to deal with a teenager. <laughs> but just the joy that seems to be emanating from this guy, um, and I thought he really looked like it was a guy in a suit. He looked incredibly practical, but apparently he is CGI. I saw a lot of people saying that. Yeah, and I don't uh, mean in a bad way he looked yeah, like yeah. a guy in a suit. I mean, in a, in a good way. Um, but no, apparently it was CGI. Yeah, which I totally CGI. At. You know the raccoon? It's not really acting either. What do you mean? <laughs> like the raccoon is also CGI. Don't ruin my trash panda dreams. <laughs> oh. Well, no, there was a real raccoon for reference for, for the first one. But he's not with us anymore. Poor pumpkin. I do think Guardians has better CGI than a lot of the other things as well. But I think it's, again, just, I don't know. I mean, it's part of, I keep talking about how great I think James Gunn is, but I do think he makes a holistic film understanding where the CGI cost is here as well. Like there are things that are mm -hmm. big CGI and there are things where it's just like, do you know what? You know that Mantis and Drax are jumping in front of a green screen. Let's not mess about here. Let's mm -hmm. not spend the budget on that. Let's spend the budget on Groot. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I think the the CGI on the many Groots and Rocket has always been, yeah, like incredibly it, it, good. I I'm think completely it's, convinced that they are real characters. Yeah, I think it's it's really intentional. It's really nicely mm -hmm. designed. It like there's just it just feels like a lot of awareness about kind of how you're going to actually make the film as well. Like when it is made, mm -hmm. these scenes will be cheap to film. <laughs> this scene will work like this. This is, you know. It's it's in there at the beginning, whereas sometimes I think it's more like let's just let's just be really out there. Let's just kind of 
think outside the box and just write whatever and we'll work out how to make it later and, and sometimes that is fine and sometimes that's not does he i think he storyboards everything he does yeah. yeah yeah which and make a difference. i guess when you direct your own stuff as well it's it's a lot easier like i don't yeah. i don't know i'm there are so many marvel things now and i feel there are a couple of other people who've written and directed and had that kind mm. of level of of creative control over marvel films and i do think it's generally going to make for a better film but mm, i think Kugler. yeah i think generally well didn't the russo's write and direct so. no marcus and mcfeely marcus okay. and mcfeely wrote and they do i mean obviously i'm sure they were they probably talked about it a bit mm. um, anyway I, I think it shows i think this is just it's a very tight shot and I, and I think it shows in in every single area from the soundtrack Actually, speaking of the music and thinking just of, of the orchestration, I was really surprised that that was not actual Danny Elfman music um, in there. That sort of Christmas music sounds like kind of Nightmare Before Christmas, sort of mm. that kind of thing. I was almost expecting to see there be some kind of credits, but no, it's just a very good pastiche, I think. Mm. And um, so, someone really did their homework on, on sounding exactly like that kind of Christmas sound. Mm-hmm. So there with that um i really did like that as well i just i like that it had all that kind of twinkly stereotypical sound no now we've gone on longer than the actual thing as well i I didn't want to mention it it's okay (laughs) well you've been you've been very you can continue i've only got two tracks to edit so you can keep going okay (laughs) i did want to talk about kevin bacon just a tiny bit more Mm because i do i do think it's also i want to know what mac uh, what drax and mantis have got against actors uh, that is, I think if I had one criticism, I'd just be like, what did actors do to Drax and Mantis? What am I missing? Is there something somewhere that I missed? I don't believe so. And it's I have to say that grated a little bit with me yeah. because it was kind of like, isn't this funny? Because these actors are saying how awful actors are. Do you yeah. know? And when they kept coming back to it, I'm like, it's not that funny to the rest of us guys. I know it's probably funny to you because of yeah. the context. But this is a little inside baseball if I'm using that term properly. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those LA jokes, I think. And it's like, yeah. okay. I don't know. I, I think if there's one thing that didn't quite land, maybe it's an American thing. I don't know. Here we quite yeah, like maybe. actors, I think. I think we think they're quite good. Yeah, it was, it was then when Nebula also says about, I guess mm. they're all not awful. And, and you're kind of like, oh, wait a second, this is... Nebula, None of you have really? ever mentioned this before. No, I was just like maybe I was like maybe it was in Infinity War or something. Maybe I just missed something where an actor turned recall. up and ruined the world. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yes, he was he was called whoever it was that played Thanos that I've now blanked. Out. <laughs> oh my god, what's he called? It's called Ron Perlman. No, who's Ron? Oh, Perlman? That would be that would have been quite a different. <laughs> Who am I thinking of? Rob Perman. Yeah. He's the guy who plays Hellboy. Oh yeah. Well, they look the same, don't they? <laughs> Actually, do you know what that is? That's a conversation that I have with someone when Thanos first. Do you know? Wow, that is yeah. When Thanos is in the first opening credits and he's red. In the closing, oh god! When Thanos is in the first post-credit scene that he's in, I think he's red. No, so it's purple. In the first one. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he's, a, he's a pinkier purple. Maybe they retconned it, but I don't know. I just remember coming out of the cinema and having a conversation with my housemate, and we thought it was Hellboy. Oh my god! <laughs> Is Hellboy Marvel? No, but you know, it wasn't quite so separate then, <laughs> or like you know, anything could have happened. Uh, so Josh Brolin, that's who I'm thinking. Yeah, that never adds up for me. Uh, Ever. Not one. I I could go through so many actors before I got to him. <laughs> anyway, um, anything else that you want to cover? Um, it's I really like that it was Kevin Bacon because they sure have mentioned Kevin Bacon a lot. And Peter mm-hmm. did actually save the world by dancing. And yes, that it, was lovely. And it did occur to me that that's probably why he thought of it. And yeah, love that. It's just it's just putting a bow on. Mm. the character and the thing isn't it um but the mobile phone thing just 
through me so much because I feel like anyone British under the age of 30 only knows him as maybe the guy from X-Men if you're lucky. Yeah. But predominantly the phone guy. And that just, yeah. And he seemed, I'm sure it's because I was hyper sensitive to it, but he also seemed to have his phone with him a lot or be on his phone a lot. Yeah, if there's if there's not an E supercut of this doing the rounds in the cinema very soon, I will be very disappointed because it seems like such a wasted opportunity. But yeah. Um, but yeah, just really quite odd. Um, I did. I also like that it was his actual wife on the phone. Yes, I just I think I think all these things are, are nice. You know, when um, people just kind of get to do their credits and sort of be in the thing. Um, so yeah, overall, I just I felt like it contributed so much to the Guardians that I know and love and. I'm really sad, actually, that we didn't ever get to do podcasts for at least Guardians 2 because I could take an interrogation over that one. I feel like I've got an answer for everything now. I would have really enjoyed that. And I'm really nervous about Guardians 3 because I just think it's going to have so many feelings. So it was just lovely to have this bit in the middle where everyone came out in one piece, including Mm. Kevin Bacon, and it was all fine. Mm. It was fine and it was lovely and, again you know diorama and gifts and it's very sweet and nice and christmas so i'm mm. I'm just i'm glad we got to have this pause and it just makes me just a little bit more nervous about the emotional wreck that i think i'm going to be after the third one so so when do we get the third one is that next year <sighs> i want to say it's summer next year but i've got a feeling it might be 24 i'm looking at again that's just, matthew would have had it on the screen you would have, I know. Oh. Oh. No, next year. Is it next year? Expected 5th of May. Oh my God, that's so soon. Mm. Well, we will have to discuss with the boss, but maybe if we haven't got too many other things going on in the run-up, we could do a little retro discussion of um, retreat films. Hmm. Yeah, let's well. call it that. That 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 would be that would be a treat for me. Maybe I just do a monologue. Well, this is what I was assuming. It wouldn't need a lot of prep. I just I just do a commentary on the film for you, which will just be me going, "Oh, I love this bit." (laughs) (laughs) I've seen that film so many times. I have such a set like way of watching it. I've got a bit where I can go to the loo. (laughs) It's you know, it's just it's all it's all very structured. Um, Yeah, I reckon I could probably do a monologue on that anyway we won't do that now. no promises made but um, <laughs> we, we will see Unless but the massive groundswell of support yeah. from the listeners obviously but overall did did you feel like you had a, a festive time did it make you feel particularly Christmassy in any sense in a new Christmas song did you feel no no, no. But I refuse to do any Christmasing until tomorrow okay so a bit soon maybe yeah, I have thought maybe I will give it another go when I'm in Christmas spirit mode. Mm. I've watched, you know, a few Hallmark type movies and probably compared to them, I will then have a much higher opinion of this. I want to ask you what so, you thought for the, of the length of it. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was perfect for, you know, a Christmas special. Because I thought, like, initially when they announced it, I had assumed it would be like an hour and a half. I don't know why I thought it'd be like a whole film. And they said That's it's only an going to be 40 film. minutes. I know we've got I used know. to them being a lot longer, but an hour and a half is an entire film. Yeah, I don't know why I thought that would be. I don't know. I think I just didn't know what an American holiday special would look like. But um, mm. yeah. And now I feel like I can just fit it in. I can imagine we'll probably watch it on Christmas Day, honestly, because mm. my wife loves Guardians just as much as I do. So um, I, can, I can imagine that this will come out again. Having recalled that Hawkeye is kind of Christmassy, I think I might watch that this year. Yeah, I was wondering about that. This is easier to be the regular watch, given it's just 45 minutes. Yeah. But Aren't there 10 be. episodes of Hawkeye? Were there no. 10? That might be nine. We didn't do 10 podcasts, I remember, because no, we, we, we were all over the place then. Yeah. So we didn't, I think we did like three for the whole thing. Uh, I, I wouldn't say well, more than that, but I can't remember. Oh, I can I can imagine going back to that. I think mostly I just want to see Yelena, but you know, mm. I could I could do that. Yeah, yeah, and see how festive it really was. Because mm. watching it week on week, you know, it started quite far out. So yeah, yeah. perhaps we'll perhaps we'll do that. And 
Let's see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely going to watch this again at some point over the next couple of weeks. And I imagine it's going to go in the Christmas rotation for us now. And I'm glad to have it. I'm just glad to have like a safe little little slice that reminds me of all the things that I do love without containing anything that I don't want to watch at Christmas. Good to know. Yes. Well, that's it for Marvellous Pod for 2022. Gosh. We will be back next year to discuss whatever delights K-E-V-I-N decides to lavish upon us. Until then, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing. Abby, where can we find you? Still hanging out on Twitter at this A.E. Shaw or also on Mastodon at aeshaw.mastodon.social. I think. That's less snappy, isn't it? But that's where I am. I am there. Yeah. First Mastodon link. I am there. It's it's longer. It's fine. <laughs> I am extricating myself from Twitter, unfortunately, and haven't worked out where I'm going to go next. So you can find me on Eloquent Gushing. Yes. And Because uh, I read those and will respond. Uh, Matthew is at Matthew Vos on Twitter. Until then, we wish you a marvellous holiday season and we will see you in 2023. Marvellous. <laughs> <laughs>